You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's Sports Illustrated slash Tennis Channel Beyond the Baseline Tennis Podcast. What is this unusual voice you ask? That would be me. My name is Jamie Lasanti. You usually hear me at the end of our podcast, but this week our usual host, the great John Wertheim, is out of town, so I will be stepping in for him. I hope you'll stick around. Our guest this week has a very strong connection to the U.S. Open. His name is Matt Rossetti, and he is the man behind the new Louis Armstrong Stadium that will make its debut at the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center at this year's tournament. Matt leads a team of architects and designers and planners, and he and his team have been working on the entire USTA campus, uh, most specifically Louis Armstrong Stadium. And on the podcast, he gives us a little insight into the new changes and what to expect from a fan experience viewpoint, from a viewpoint of someone watching at home and what will be different on the broadcast level. He also gives us some tips on how to navigate the campus, how to find some of the secret spots where you might be able to get a good glimpse of different stadiums and different outside courts. And overall, we just chat about tennis. That's what this podcast is all about, right? So uh, let's bring him on now. Welcome, Matt Rossetti. Matt, thanks so much for coming on. Welcome to the Beyond the Baseline podcast. Well, thank you. We really appreciate being here. How are you doing today? Are you? Uh, where are you based out of? Are you in New York, or where are we getting you? Nope, I'm in Detroit, but I'm actually uh, right now sitting on a beach in Lake Huron. Oh, wow. That So thank you so much for taking some time out of your uh, relaxation there. <laughs> You're most welcome. So I want to jump right in. We are a week and a half so close to the U.S. Open starting, and we have some really exciting stuff happening with the anniversary and also the official opening 
of Louis Armstrong Stadium. And you have done, I'm sure, a ton of work and have kind of been waiting for this moment. So tell us a little bit about your role and everything that's been kind of going on with Louis Armstrong. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it, it's a it's a big story because we were actually hired in 2009 through a competition to uh, develop a new vision plan, as they called it, for the campus. Um, my firm was actually involved with the original uh, campus that we started in 1991 and then finished in 96 with, when ASH was built. Um, since then, they had basically run the tournament for another 20 years and and then uh, realized that they were no longer, and I shouldn't say no longer, they were looking into the future and saying, you know what, the other, the other Grand Slams are doing some amazing things and we have to remain the number one tennis tournament. So they brought us on for exactly that reason. And, and the fun part of this all is they were wide open to new ideas. And instead of, you know, things so much has changed in the world of sports and entertainment in the last 20 years. And essentially the big, the big issue is folks don't just come to view sports or entertainment any longer. They, they come for the scene. They come for the party and oh, by the way, if they happen to watch a little bit of the event, that's great too. <laughs> so, yeah, I know it's so. For us, we help them redefine um, the master plan. As, instead of being based around the greatest tennis tournament in the world, we created the vision of spectacle that this would become the, one of the greatest spectacles in tennis uh, in the world. So that. We wanted this to be on par with the Olympics, the World Cup, things that have been kind of, of, of pomp and, and notoriety and fanfare um, at that level. So the notion that once they bought into that, the whole recreation of the campus um, was geared around just that, that exact idea that you'd come there and it was a scene, you know, with, with all sorts of forms of food and beverage uh, elements, platforms for viewing and being viewed, places to relax, places to be engaged, um, just just a whole new um, approach to uh, a tennis campus. Tell us a little bit about some of the specific design elements. So how does, does Louis Armstrong kind of fit into the aesthetic of the campus um, or does it does it have its own look? What should fans expect when they when they get, you know, they get there, they're walking around. Is it going to pop? Is it going to blend in? What should they expect? Um, what's interesting, uh, the, the, the question is, is a, brings a bigger, um, a, a bigger um, point here in that we developed in the master planning process, we developed a new aesthetic, um, one that would um, pay homage to the history of, of the terracotta um, of the existing campus, but then look at much more fresh, um, lighter whites and silvers, lighter colors, lighter, more steel, and a more contemporary, more modern approach to the rest of the buildings. So when you look at Grand Stand and when you look at the ash roof, when you look at the other new buildings, uh, the Mercedes building, the Heineken Pavilion, and now especially um, Armstrong, they're much more um, they're much more modern in their design flavor, um, but again, 
Armstrong in particular has a wonderful homage to the terracotta, in ter- and we used it almost technically uh, as far as this rain screen, these the louvers on the north and south um, uh, walls uh, allow were designed to allow a lot of air movement throughout the venue, throughout the bowl, and um, and still cut out um, uh, the rain that would fall. Right, and so the there is a retractable roof on the stadium now, right? So we will have Ash with a roof and Armstrong with a roof, right? Exactly. Is it the big difference? Go ahead. No, is it the same roof? You're going to say the big difference? Uh, it's a different. They're both. Um, they're. It's a different roof, um, and the key difference is that when you close Armstrong, I mean close uh, Ash, the building is conditioned so that it's it can close off and be fully. Uh, uh, vent air condition to tr- to cool down, whereas with um, Armstrong, because of the enormous amount of airflow through the north and south walls through these louvers that I mentioned, it'll be naturally ventilated. So it'll be the first naturally ventilated um, operable roof stadium of this size. And so I remember, I guess it was back in 2016 when the new retractable roof on Ash closed for the first time. It was like during the first or second week of the tournament, and I think Nadal was playing. It was a night match. And I remember everyone was so upset because it was so noisy, right? I mean, I remember sitting in the stadium, and there was a lot of murmurs, and there was all this noise happening, and and Nadal commented on it after the match, that it was really loud and tough to play. I think the players sort of got used to everything and worked out some kinks uh, as the tournament went on, but what should we expect uh, in terms of the noise and the environment uh, when the roof closes on Armstrong this year? Well... You know, it's interesting because I, I actually, um, I'm trying to recall. So, so let me let me take a step back because I interviewed um, the, uh, Serena and Venus and several other players about the the noise factor because there's a lot of to me urban myth about you know what the roof uh, generates in terms of noise, um, and their perspective was. You know, they never, They don't know, the two of them didn't notice one iota these because they said the crowd themselves in New York versus other places are so loud and sometimes obnoxious that that's, that's really what they notice. Now, for sure, when the rain pours, it's a big pour. It's like, a you know, having a, uh, a drum material over your surface. So it does get... It does. It can get loud when the when there's a heavy rain pour, but it's a it's a kind of a it's a white noise versus somebody shouting. So, I I've I've not heard, um, with the exception of of one or two players, I've not heard a, a lot of negative commentary on that. So that's interesting. So you've spoken with some of the top players about this yeah. as you guys were building. So what did they what did they say? What, what were those conversations like? Well. Just exactly that, that, that from their perspective, the only real distraction in Ash um, comes from the, the lower court, uh, the, the, the fans that sit in the lower court and, and holler when they shouldn't be talking. 
So there was no, were there any particular changes that you made from Ash to Armstrong with the roof uh, construction that maybe um, were from any feedback from either players or, or workers or fans or anything like that? Um, no, not significantly. The diff- there's a big difference, though. When Ash is um, uh, sealed, it's all internal. So it's like a closed-off. Um, container, whereas um, Armstrong has very open the, the entire north and south ends, which are enormous. Um, those are those are wide open, so natural noise from um, the outside can come in more like more like any of the other um, stadiums. For instance, um, a grandstand, if you will. Um, has the same condition, so it could be that it'll be less noise because it's it's less contained, less reverberation from inside. But you know, listen, it's a it's a it's an outdoor tennis tournament, and there's always going to be ambient and and other kinds of noises going on. Are you a tennis fan? I mean, I know your firm also redesigned the Miami Dolphins Hard Rock Football Stadium, redid that for tennis, for a tennis tournament. But are are you a tennis fan? Did you grow up watching the game? Uh, do you have any kind of favorite tournaments, favorite players? Um, yeah, actually, I grew up playing tennis, and we've done all the major tennis tournaments in the in the U.S. We, we did the original Miami Open and Key Biscayne when it was called the Lipton. And then we went on to do the, um, and that was for Butch Bultholz back then when he ran the tournament. And then Charlie Pesarell started one in um, uh, Indian Wells. So way back when it was called the uh, the Garden uh, the Garden of Indian Wells. And uh, then then IMG took it over and Larry Ellison as of recent. So we yeah we've been hugely involved and I I love the sport I love watching watching the sport uh, and and playing as well. For fans that don't get to go to the U.S. Open this year, they don't get to walk the grounds. They haven't or they haven't ever been before. Um, I know one of the things you mentioned was making it you know about the fan experience and. Did you change anything in that way um, for broadcasts? Are there any different broadcast viewpoints or kind of new features built into the structure that change the way we'll watch these matches on television? Um, the, the broad, yeah, we the, the whole idea of those spider cams that you know, you, I don't know if you saw them mm-hmm. last couple of years, but they zip around the site and and obviously make their way through the. Um, through the stadium, those those are really exciting. I think in terms of offering different broadcast perspectives, uh, we 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 thought about and looked at um, um, drones with cameras, but they're just it's too it's there's a security issue with those, and so that's probably never going to happen. So the cabling um, and the spider cams are probably going to be the ones that offer the most creative views. Um, but I, I, one of the things that, that, again, to your point about experience and watching, viewing, is we, prior to the, re, the redo of the, of the campus, the only real area that you could watch, kind of people watch or look, view out over the campus to see other courts, was up on the promenade level um, of Ash. Mm-hmm. And that's 
offense, it has always been historically so popular with people. Sometimes it would just be packed with people looking out over the campus. So we've developed a number of uh, viewing areas on almost every different venue, whether it was the new practice courts, um, courts four, five, and six, grandstand, the big the big walkway around grandstand, the uh, the patio on that southeast corner of grandstand. The same thing will happen on Armstrong. We'll have a big concourse that can view out over the campus and other others other um, courts and other stadiums at the same time. And it's been something that is really huge with the fans to be able to just kind of kick back and um, and watch things from a from a, a heightened perspective. So it sounds like you need to create like a map of the the hot spots around where the fans can kind of get the best <laughs> viewing experience from because it's I mean for those who haven't been it is a remarkable place the Billie Jean King Tennis Center and it's just it's huge and especially on yeah. a night when you know even during the day first couple of days of the tournament it's packed and it's yeah, it's sure. hard to get into in and out of certain arenas and stadiums and you want to see the practice courts and you want to see you know you want to grab a bite to eat and you want to check out all the different stores and there's so much to see and so I think we might have to ask you to run down the uh the little secret hiding areas where we can catch a glimpse of of some of the best things I mean that's really cool oh yeah yeah and you know what you're absolutely right I mean at 47 acres, it's almost impossible to get everywhere in one day, even if you, you know, even if you plan on, on on getting around the entire campus. It's really, it's really a two or three day affair to make it a, to make it um, all the way to the to the new south southwest corner where Grandstand is located, because that's a big expanded area. And then we also expanded 40 feet the whole along the whole south border. Um, into the park, and that's that's what allows that new promenade, the east-west promenade that uh, spans from Court 17 to the grandstand, and that has been, um, that's alleviated all that, you know, con- congestion and circulation that used to always be between Passerelle Building and the front of, of Ash. It used to just be so impossible to get around. Now, if you know your way around, you duck down to that duck down to that east-west promenade and you can get around really easily and there are walkways as well right that you guys built built through yeah lots of there's walkways and there's elevated walkways you can literally walk um, on the south tournament courts that border the uh, the park you can literally walk from end to end in the on, up above and at the uh at an elevated level that views the the tournament, but also um, views uh, all all the campus. Do you have a favorite a favorite court? I mean, it might be one of the big ones, but do you have a, a favorite smaller court? Yeah, my actually my favorite position is I I love being I love grandstand because you can you get these amazing views. The way we designed the the shading canopy is that it literally faces and opens up to the rest of the campus. So if you're sitting in that southeast corner um, of Grandstand, you're viewing probably, uh, you're viewing at least a dozen different courts, including the practice courts, four, five, and six, seven, eight, nine, um, Grandstand. You're even peeking into Ash 
Um, so it, it's a that that is a, that's one of my favorite spots. And so this has kind of been a, a long time coming now. I think right it was the 2016 U.S. Open. We had the tournament. I believe Stan Wawrinka and Angelique Kerber won the titles. They take their trophies. Everyone goes home. Crews start clearing up. The next day, the old Louis Armstrong gets demolished, correct? Yeah. And then after that, it's sort of been so last year when we were there, we had a temporary structure. And right right next to that, you guys were working hard to get that building up. What is, was the process, um, did things go as planned? Were there any hiccups? Were there, was there any worry that, um, you know, it it wouldn't be done by this time? No, you know, it's funny. (laughs) We had plenty of hiccups (laughs) on all the other projects, uh, especially when we did, um, uh, the roof over ash that was uh, that was a three year venture, and there were all, all kinds of things happened on that we had we had hiccups on grandstand so really by the time uh, by the time Armstrong came around we were we were kind of pros at handling the hiccups and and um, that that was the smoothest of all the all the projects on campus Wow, all right, that's great so every, yeah. I know you guys are really excited, you know everyone to kind of walk in this year you know if you come in through the east gate you'll really get to see the building and you know i'm excited myself to kind of go in and and experience it uh what are you kind of most looking forward to um what you know when are you i assume you're gonna you're gonna come to new york after your vacation and uh kind of get to see everything so when are you coming and kind of what are you most looking forward to after kind of this two year uh, in the works of of building this this stadium well i I have a routine for the last, probably at least for the last 10 years. Um, I, um, I, I, I hang out with Danny Zausner who runs the, the tournament and we, uh, we basically get there about seven in the morning on Monday and we're generally there till probably one or 2 AM walking. Uh, we probably walk every inch of the site two or three times because Danny is just so fastidious with every single detail and every, because the, the campus has changed now for the last seven years, there's been some new building every year. He's constantly watching, monitoring the people flow and how they're interacting and everything going on. So it's just a matter of, of, of tweaking, um, as you, as you can imagine, a thousand different things to tweak on a 47-acre campus uh, with 22 courts. Um, it's uh, it, it's it's almost mind-boggling how much stuff uh, he adjusts and fine-tunes in those first two days uh, to make sure that the tournament runs perfectly. So that's that's you know that my my day will be exhausting those those first couple of days, and then I get to relax and watch a little tennis on uh, Thursday, Friday, and enjoy the tournament. Awesome. So so the work is not yet done, is what you're telling us. Um, well, the work is never done because it's one thing to do. It's one thing to create the buildings and the structure and put everything in place. It's another to adjust everything. You know, it's, it's almost like when, you, when you've got – Almost, what is it? We're going to have 45, 45 to 50,000 um, people 
during the, you know, pouring into this place in the day and then another 25 or 30,000 at night. And if you have that, if you've been there for that crazy crossover, right. When the day matches go long. So, you know, it's, it's like a, it's like water flow. People don't always go where you expect them to go. <laughs> they don't always move how you want them to move. So it's like moving logs and pebbles around in a, you know, in a, in a raging current uh trying to keep up with everything so there's a there's a lot of adjustments uh that that happen on site well i wish you the best of luck there who are you give us give us your outlook for the tournament here who are your picks i'm putting you on the spot a little bit but who are your picks for the tournament (laughs) you can you can ask me all day about architecture but uh I players when it comes to players I I I'm, I'm not picking I'm not uh otherwise I'll hear about it from 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 friends and family. <laughs> so you're you're the one there just sitting back relaxing taking in the tennis. You have no favorites. You have you're not rooting for anyone. You're just there to appreciate the tennis. Exactly. I'm I'm there because I'm always looking for I love you know, I'm 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 nostalgic for the older players, the players that have been around, but I am always looking for that that new rising star. It's just really fun to get out on on the outer courts, right? And um, and, and look for that, you know, catch a glimpse of of somebody really special that that is either just having a fabulous tournament or a fabulous year, because because those things happen. That's what I always, you know, people always ask, they're like, when should I go to the tournament and, and should I go at night? Should I go during the day? And I always tell them, you have to go in the first couple of days because no matter when you go, especially on the outer courts, you're going to get to see some of the game's best rising stars, the youngest ones, the ones that are fighting or the, you know, the older journeymen that are that are fighting and they are right there and the action is all around you and it's an experience like no other. I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, those that's my favorite favorite part of the tournament is is up to the first weekend cuz then all of a sudden it starts getting rooted out and you know you you miss some of that stuff cuz being able to get to all those outer courts and 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 see see uh, the surprises it's that's the best. Right, half the fun is kind of running around trying to navigate the campus and and you know, as I said, pop into the store and grab your you grab your food and grab your drink and make sure you make it over, but hopefully now all of that is uh very well made so we can bounce around through the walkways and and take your advice on where to go, be very efficient in our movement around. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it and uh we're we're really excited to to see the unveiling of Louis Armstrong, and we hope everything goes well for you. And thanks for your time. Enjoy the tournament. That's wonderful, Jamie. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time and your your interest. And I hope I run into you on campus so I can show you my uh, real secret spots. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll uh, we'll make a date to to meet up, and I'll make sure to take some notes and get that map sent out so we can we can uh, make sure everyone knows where the spots are although they won't be so secret if we map them out so we'll have to come up with a solution there it'll be like a a a treasure map you know we'll make them work for it (laughs) sounds good awesome thank you so much matt all right thanks jamie all right that was matt rossetti uh he calls himself the chief architect of fun 
for Rossetti, who has led the makeover and transformation of the campus, as he told you, but also of Louis Armstrong Stadium, which will debut its new look and new framework and new stadium this year at the U.S. Open. So I hope you guys enjoyed that little chat with him. We've got to find out those secret spaces, and I hope you guys get to check them out if you're attending. And that does it for this week's Sports Illustrated Tennis Channel Beyond the Baseline Tennis Podcast. Uh, There's no one for me to chat with here uh, after the podcast, although I would love to have someone. Uh, So we'll take this conversation to Twitter, I guess, and hopefully John will be back in so we can have him host and we'll have a new guest next week ahead of the Open, perhaps someone to preview the last Grand Slam of the year. And make sure to review and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and keep sending in your recommendations for guests. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.